Come on. Jeez, oh, come on. We're sorry. We are receiving an unprecedented number of calls. We cannot accept your call at this time. Please try again later. Son of a bitch. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Hey, I'm Kyle. And I'm Phil. And we are the Unsociableists. Our plan with this podcast here, we thought it was very important because uh, there's a severe lack of this out there, is uh, two relatively heteronormative white guys sharing their opinions with you about politics and the general state of the world. Because there's yeah, – The market is definitely not saturated with that. Oh, yeah. No, we, we thought that it was uh, imperative that we uh, get this out to you in these dark times. But yeah, in this first, uh, in this first little foray, we want to – generally, we want to talk about all the problems we see in the world around us while acknowledging that we don't exactly know what we're on about, but we like to think we're relatively clever in some ways. Off the bat, we want to address uh, with our pilot episode the uh, abhorrent crisis facing the entire world right now. The coronavirus, it's the elephant in the room. It's the thing that's affecting everybody's lives, whether whether or not you accept that we should stay inside because we should. And we don't know exactly where we're going to come out on the other side of it. While we will address the fact that it's a global thing, we are generally focused on American American politics and American structures, so that's where most of our attention will be. Right. We're a product of the American education system, which means that there are three countries. There's us, there's the UK, and whatever country we're bombing. Well said. All right, but uh, let's go ahead and kick this off. So Kyle, how's this? How's all this quarantine time, fun time, been affecting you? Uh, you know, it's uh, probably affecting me similar to most people. I mean, I think I'm getting the better part of it because right now, like, obviously, so I lost my job in in March, and uh, I right at the beginning of this, and so it's like I was kind of thrown in ahead of everybody else like i got my uh unemployment kind of figured out earlier i got um you know my housing figured out because my lease was up in the middle of this so we kind of we fucked off to my parents place and just kind of you know now we're 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 living with family which you know blows but i'm doing a lot better than a lot of other people yeah i mean it definitely could be worse uh i definitely uh Came out, uh, came out pretty lucky too. My my girlfriend managed to get her unemployment nice and quick, which helps. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously not getting laid off in the first place would have been better, but you know. Um, and then, yeah, as for me, I I mean, I'm a grocery worker, so the and I worked overnights, so really the biggest difference is that now I do the exact same shit I used to do, but with a mask on for eight hours a day. Um, yeah, it's uh. It's definitely it's, it's been crazy though to see uh, how it's affecting some of the outside world. People who, I, especially people who I talk to at the store, who uh, talk about their significant others, their spouses, and all that, and how it's uh, impacting them. I was very lucky not to have to do, you know, I I didn't work forty hours a week whenever I had my job. Uh, I mean, certainly not for the one job. For some of my other shit, like. 
if you counted all of my clients and shit for the for the the business that I'm I'm working, it's like maybe it would come up to 40, but usually I don't. And you know, even cutting back on that, getting rid of the kind of uh bullshit cuz you don't really need to work that much, like there's no point in having people like me who are doing bullshit jobs anyway, uh, fucking strapped to a desk. See, uh, and I mean, honestly, I do think this could create a revolution in terms of working from home and automation not being a bad thing. But as for me, I, I've actually been working more than 40 hours lately because I get to work early and they're like, oh, you're here. Perfect. You can work off the clock for a bit. Um, and just in general, uh, one of the biggest issues I face, especially on the day when I have to work a few hours with the customers because uh, they can't figure out how to make payroll work leading into a new week. So I can't start until after midnight on Monday. Uh, anyways, it's it's infuriating because management is profoundly stupid and actively tries to undermine the ability to, of us to do our job safely and well. Of course. The, the point is not to maintain some sort of safety. It's not to manage uh, people's well-being it's to manage profit well and if they're doing great at that because uh well we the employees have gotten the occasional pizza party and the good job pat on the back thanks for being a hero um the family who owns our company has made over 220 million dollars in personal oh. profits and that's just during the the crisis i mean i can't guarantee it all went to their pockets but the company I work for has made two hundred and twenty million more than was expected for these last three months, and I know it's not going to the workers, and I doubt it's going to more upkeep. Right, of course, it's it, it may be going to capital improvement shit where they try and fix up some of the stores, but you're never going to see that in any of the workers' pockets. And now, a day in the life of an emergency grocery worker. All right, on the clock. Let's just get through this shift. Jeez, these customers don't seem like they're capable of reading. Um, excuse me, folks. I can't help but notice you came in together with your 11 kids and just taking a guess. Your parents? Uh, we like shopping as a family. It's very important tradition to us. Do you have a problem with that? Well, um, I don't know if you saw the several signs that said this, but to help with social distancing, we're trying to keep it to one shopper per household. Uh, fuck you. You're trying to tread on our freedoms. I'm going to complain to your manager. I'm sorry. It's just part of my job to let people know about that. Have a splendid day, folks. <sighs> Goddamn, people sure are stupid. Oh, well, at least they were wearing masks. Anyway, back to trying to stock these canned vegetables. Excuse me, Sonny. But I bought 400 rolls of toilet paper, and I don't need it all. I want to return it. Uh, I'm terribly sorry, sir, but we're not taking any returns on any products during these troubled times. Oh, come on. Make an exception for me. I fought in the war. Well, even if I wanted to, sir, I can't help you. The best I can offer is to get someone from customer service to explain why we're not doing returns. Uh, are you discriminating against me because I am old? You young folks are so entitled. Just because you can't go out for avocado toast, you shouldn't take it out on me. I assure you I'm just following policy, sir. I'm sorry, but we can't take returns. I'd be happy to help you in any other way I can. No, never mind. I'm, sh I'm sure you're trying your best. Let me thank you for being a hero while I actively invade your personal space. Uh, yeah, thank you for shopping here. Now, please walk away from me. 
<sighs> All right, hopefully I can get on with my work now. Excuse me, uh, where are the frozen pizzas? Oh, hello, they're in aisle eight. Would you like me to- Hey, 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 take off that stupid mask when you're talking to me. Look, I'm sorry, sir, but we need to keep the masks on for our safety and yours. That's bullshit. This whole corona thing, this is a hoax for those damn Mexicans to sell more beer. Actually, there is pretty insurmountable proof that it's real at this point. I'm afraid I really do need to keep my mask Buddy, on. Buddy, you can go fuck yourself. Screw this store. I'm going to Walmart. Uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. We hope we return to Shanks eventually. Please stay as far the fuck away from here as possible. All right, let's see if I can't finally get something done. Hey there, Phil. I can't help but notice you lost us a customer. In my defense, sir, he wanted me to take my mask off. Well, the customer is always right. I'm not going to write you up this time, but just keep in mind that there are tons of people who would love to be working right now. So you should be grateful. Next time, if a customer asks to cough in your mouth, you let them. Anyway, quit slacking off. Those vegetables aren't going to stock themselves. This has been a day in the life of an emergency grocery worker. I did want to get the chance to bring this up, and I had to look it up real quick. So the country of Seoul has 9 million people, and it is slightly bigger than New York City. New York City has 8 million people, and, you know, it's, it's the size that it is. Seoul has had yeah. two deaths. New York has had 19,000. That's insane. So it's clearly not it's clearly not about density. Whenever everyone always goes, oh, well, New York is so dense. That's why they can't. It's like, no, Seoul is about the same size with about the same relative population. Yeah, the reason that that shit happened is because uh, fucking Seoul did the the right thing and they implemented universal testing. They did the one thing that we know is humane and is going to actually fix things for folks. Anyways, how have you been doing with social distancing, speaking of density? How have I been doing with social distancing? I've been... Living with your family, that's... Living it... with my family, yeah. So it's like... Before I came here, before I uh, had left Arizona, I was doing pretty much exactly what I was supposed to do. You know, I stay inside. I wear my mask when I go out once a week to get my groceries. Um, I wash my hands. I keep, you know, six feet apart from me and whoever the hell else is, uh, you know, around me. I, I would hate to kill my family, obviously. Duh. But like... I also feel like sending some stranger to die is equally abhorrent, and I don't want to feel responsible in any way for somebody's death or even somebody's hospitalization because this shit, this shit is real and it hurts. Yeah, and you never know how it's going to spread. Um, I mean, working overnights has made staying away from people generally pretty easy for me. Like for the majority of my shift, it's four of us in a giant grocery store, so it's really easy to keep apart. But um, you know, there there are definitely there's gonna be those uh customers who are just like, oh, let me let me walk right up to you and tell you what a hero you are, really right in your face. And I'm like, you're you're undermining the whole point of this fucking thing. Stay away from me. Oh, terrible. The amount of death that is happening right now in America is both just on its face terrifying. But also, we haven't had any kind of mourning. We haven't had any kind of, you know, there's never been any thought for what these people have died for. There's there's certainly the people who are like, we need to commit blood sacrifice for the Tao, both ironically and not. But the 
these are people's lives. Right now we have 70,000 people who are dead yeah. for for what? Because we 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 didn't want to admit that China was dealing with a real problem. We wanted to think that it was just going to be an Asian thing. We wanted to think what that it would get better once it got warmer. What what I mean, reasonable I think- uh, conclusion can you come to that means you should ignore this disease? I think that it just came down to the people who actually were legitimately worried about it were uh, those who actually realized this could be a problem but they're also the people who were in power and it's like it might not be a problem for me and a lot of the people who weren't in power were just like oh let's start making memes about this ha ha dirt dirt and then by the time I got serious they're like oh shit all I did was make memes I really hoped that this would be a chance for you know America to en masse say, oh, this shit's fucked up and we need to address it now. And instead, there's a good chunk of America being like, oh, well, I'm, I'd be happy to lay down my life for the cause of the GDP. I shall uh, commit blood sacrifice for the Dow. Allow me to, to, to throw myself into this volcano so that money may pour out into Bezos's pocket. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely disappointing. I don't know. The fact that racism still has a stranglehold on this discussion about a virus, which is affecting everybody, uh, right? It just saddens me because that's where we're at. I mean, it even shows too, though. I feel like it's a example of how generally our culture needs an enemy, needs some sort of other to organize itself around and i don't know if this has always been the case but i think that it's definitely been the case since like the end of the cold war right like we always need to find somebody Mm -hmm. some foil to give meaning to the american psyche in a sense that you know we we fucking need enemies with terrorism staying indoors because of the quarantine all of a sudden it's like well maybe we could use the police force to fight the virus (laughs) The mayor of Balaclavaville has called an immediate emergency press conference to discuss the actions that he and the city government are taking to combat the spread of COVID-19. Now we go to our press reporters live in the field. How have you been doing, Mr. Mayor? Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, how has the virus affected the massive tax cuts we gave to the sports teams that can't play or bring in revenue for the city? Mr. Mayor, how many flowers have you been watering during this quarantine? Mr. Mayor, I have a weird rash. Is that a symptom of the COVID-19 virus? Please, please. Please, everyone, one question at a time. You down in in the front. Would you like to start us off? Thank you, sir. Mr. Mayor, what are your plans to respond to the viral outbreak in our grand city? That's a very good question. We're, of course, looking into making every effort available to us to flatten the curve and help keep our citizens safe. Does that mean we will begin universal testing? Mm, No. No, of course we're not starting universal testing. Do you know how much that would cost? So we will see your office create... Cleaning spaces. No, no, none of that. There's no budget for soap. Uh, so what what are the steps your office and the city government are t- are taking then? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're taking the boldest and most forward thinking steps imaginable. We're standing together, all of us, because we're all in this together against the virus. I'm sorry, uh, sir. Sorry to interrupt, but what does that mean tangibly? Well, um... Do your plans include creating sustainable food production? Oh, heavens no. Will will there be tax hikes for large, profitable businesses that operate in the area? 
Will we see emergency funds for the for the most vulnerable of our fellow citizens? Oh, goodness, no. If the corporations who sponsored me certainly wouldn't get me reelected if I added any new taxes. We do, however, have plans for emergency funding. Oh, e- excellent. So what We're will- going to be setting up an emergency fund for our beleaguered police department. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor, the police department? Yes, as we all know, our brave first responders are in front of this virus. They're out there doing the work of heroes. They're ticketing people, monitoring significantly lighter traffic, breaking up social distance picnics. This is the important work, and it needs to be maintained and funded exorbitantly. So we're going to fight the virus like we fight crime? As we all know, the BPD is our best-funded municipal department. They are best equipped to handle this crisis with a prejudice and even with a vengeance. By finding out who COVID-19 has been sleeping with, hanging out with, and committing these atrocities with, we can pinpoint the criminal syndicates that are allowing the spread of this terrible plague. Eventually, with this emergency funding, we expect to be able to actually jail the virus, putting it away where it can never hurt us again. No further questions. The police, the police, why are they getting more money now? Is that no? Wow. The mayor is no longer taking questions. Anyways, so what all have you actually been doing, though, with your spare time during this shit? Yeah, so, like, I've been... Before I lost my job, like, my job before this was I was a video editor, so I didn't have to go out ever. Like, I, I went out to bike, and I went out to, you know, get drinks and go out with my fiancé, but... um. I didn't really do a whole lot in the sense that, you know, I didn't party. I didn't go places. I didn't have very many friends when I was living in Phoenix when this shit all went down. Um, So things haven't really changed for me what I'm doing. I'm mostly playing video games. I started reading physical books again. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Physical books. um, I didn't even know those still existed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, they do only come in Kindle version, and uh, we have been burning the rest for fuel. Naturally. Right, but the uh, it actually is super fun. It's I, I'm, I'm a big fan of physical books. It, it, it usually puts me to sleep, but... Yeah, I, should, I should pick one up sometime. I've, I've been mostly audiobooks and other podcasts lately, but uh, it wouldn't hurt for me to pick up an actual physical book to read sometime. And it'd probably be easier on the eyes than all the digital text I read. Oh, yeah, sure. I've been in kind of the same boat otherwise. I I mean, I'm catching up on my video games real well, which is nice. I'm finally getting into that Steam library. And at this rate, I've only got about 180 unplayed games left on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's not like I really did much before, but yeah, I'm definitely doing even less. And that's all well and good and just splendid because who likes doing things? good to bring optimism into these things on the upside you may lose a bunch of your loved ones and uh you may have horrible tragedies befalling you every day you may uh see tons of people who came here for the american dream have their dreams shat upon and destroyed completely but traffic should be better see Mm -hmm. it's all gonna be okay always some positive i don't know if we're ever going to recover from this like do we have any faith that any of this is resolved um, I think we're going to be looking at – I think coronavirus is going to become a regular part of daily life for like for a year plus within the near future because America is going to be like, just get back to work and we're just going to start seeing people like drop dead. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is, that's just life now. 
and because Americans are profoundly lazy, and I know I'm part of that. I'm not trying to claim I'm part of the solution. I'm definitely part of the problem. But because we're profoundly lazy, we'll just be like, well, that's how it is. And uh, if, oh, look, there's, there's another there's another dead body. Whatever. Um, I do think that give it five to ten years, and eventually the human body will adapt. The virus will overcome the virus based on sheer, you know, we've all had it now, you know. Um, and that's a sad, horrible way to do it, but that's probably how it's going to go down. That's my theory. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty compelling, too. It seems like we're not going to take in any kind of, you know, criticism of our system. We're just going to try and push our way through what is going to kill maybe uh, you know over a year or two um, upwards of a million people you know it's like well we're we're on track for and it's only getting worse we're looking at 140,000 deaths by midsummer like this is massively sad about this this is always going to come back to the people who are forced to work people who are exposed oh, to yeah. those who are not um you know, taking this seriously. The people who take it, you know, who aren't taking it seriously themselves, they probably won't. They probably, you know, because there is no justice in this world. <laughs> At least it feels like that. So they won't actually get the virus. It'll be the people they come around with. Oh, yeah. And what's really sad is, you know, as medical staff die off and uh, they, they, a lot of them bear the brunt of this, that'll be used as an argument in four years for why we definitely can't do Medicare for all now because there's not enough doctors for that. You've got to make sure that you share the doctors with the people who can afford them. Yeah, and also it's going to just – the more people who get sick in that profession, the more people are going to be without doctors, without nurses. Um, you're going to have what we had back in mid-March, you know, late March when there were just people dying on gurneys, people not getting any kind of – help because we overflowed the fucking system and we're going to overflow the fucking system maybe with fewer cases but certainly with fewer nurses and doctors we we have socialism for the coronavirus specifically and no one's acknowledging that that's like oh this socialism is good they're just like oh the, if i get the coronavirus then i'll have everything paid for but you know they completely don't acknowledge wait what if this was the case for everything what if instead what if instead of unemployment being $600 higher if it's coronavirus related, it's just, hey, if you're unemployed, we'll still take care of you and your living wage goes up accordingly. Right. It's like, no, you have to you have to get a life-threatening disease and only this specific life-threatening life-threatening disease. Like, if you get cancer, no, that's still going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you die. I mean, like, even the quote-unquote progressive solutions that are being proposed for the future of automation, the stuff like UBI and all that, that's just going to help prop up the consumer economy further rather than actually having social programs that allow people to live without putting a dollar sign on it somewhere. Absolutely. There's nowhere in in those kinds of UBI schemes it, it recognizes the kind of humanity of people. It's always about them being... Uh, just a vessel for the dollar. In the Yang case, if we go with Andrew Yang's version of UBI, which is just, you know, don't even consider the fact that he was going to cut Social Security to help pay for it, which makes no sense to me. But, uh, yeah, putting the cart before the horse right there. Right. It's just foolishness and whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter. He's out of the race. His, his ideas are probably dead. But his UBI, if you 
subtract the kind of negative portion where he would be cutting other social programs, you're still left with what is essentially a landlord stimulus package. Mm-hmm. Because all that money is going to do is you get your monthly rent check. So the landlord can be like, I know you got money so from the government so you can still pay rent. Right. And, you know, when average rent right now is like 1300 fucking dollars a month, you're still going to be paying out of your pocket after the, you know, UBI. And if you consider that, you know, just like you said, they know now that you have that 1000 that you're getting that. And they can take advantage of it as a stimulus because, hey, rent day is the same day that uh, you get your, your, you know, your Yang bucks or whatever the hell, you know, your Biden bucks. Yeah. Um, then they're fucking just going to take it. But that's OK. I mean, obviously, a monthly 1000 uh, every month was a dog shit system that would under, uh, undermine itself by its very nature. But getting a one time payout of twelve hundred fix everything. So thanks, Trump. <laughs> yes. No, he's uh, uh, and that's the real sad thing is for all the dog shit Democrats like in New York and of course Biden running as the presidential nominee, all these horrible human beings. We still have even worse ones currently in the White House, and it's just baffling. Sensible Secret Service agent. Okay, uh, sir, so uh, at your request, here are all the checks you wanted to personally sign. Right, because I'm great and people need to remember how great I am. Anyway, give me that first check. All right, uh, now this one Wait, 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 hold on. Someone said something mean about me on Twitter. I need to respond. All right, what were you saying? Yeah, so this first one is going out to a single mother and her two kids. Why is it for 2200 I thought we were only giving 1200 to each person. Yes, Mr. President, we're also giving $500 for each dependent. That's stupid, but oh well, let me put my awesome signature on it and make it less stupid. No, I hate the way it looks here. It's too loopy and it's not swoopy enough. I don't want anyone to see me with a weak little signature. Sir, I, I think that woman... Very much so, needed. So, who's next? Uh, well, uh, this Excuse is... Excuse me, Mr. President, but your four Big Macs are here. I'm just going to set them on the stack of whatever these papers are on your desk. Great. I was starving. Oh, these checks got all greasy. I don't want to send out any nasty checks. Mr. President, what are you doing? Those people might have been really relying on those checks. Excuse me. I don't pay you to talk back to me. Now give me another check to sign. <sighs> All right, all right, sir. This one is for a man going through chemo. He likely won't be able to make rent this month if we don't get this to him. Okay, let me go and put my awesome signature on it. Nope, I accidentally wrote Donald Duck. Why don't I have pens that stop me from writing the wrong thing? Sir, this is getting ridiculous. How about you just practice your signature until you get it right and then we photocopy it? Onto each check. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. How about- Sir, I'm terribly sorry, but this bill just came for you to sign. It's a plan that would allow a fully funded response to all the COVID concerns facing our country and would leave every American prepared for the coming times. All right, give it here. Nope, this signature's not spiky enough. Mr. President, what are you doing? That that bill was exactly what this country needed. Is Is your vanity really more important than millions of lives? Of course it is. 
Now give me another check. Sorry to interrupt again, sir, but you have that meeting in 30 minutes with Brett Kavanaugh to talk about how Representative Ocasio-Cortez should show you her tits? Damn, I forgot about the meeting and it's super important. Okay, I know how we can get this done. I'll put my signature on this blank piece of paper. Yeah, look, that's perfect. Okay, photocopy this onto all the checks. It's just a bunch of spiky squick. Uh, yes, perfect. Uh, have a have a good meeting, sir. Sensible secret service agent. But I don't know if you actually saw the signature he sent out because I got my like little piece of mail that says you should have gotten a check by now. If you did, like, it would have been included with a check if it was you know. But yeah, and it just looks like a bunch of spikes. The man is insane. I the Lucy got hers back. I still haven't taken a look at it. They only paid me on the thirtieth. Yeah, well, like legit, like four or five days ago, whatever today is. And at the core, I do think one of the biggest enemies being exposed, not just by this virus, but by all of the disasters facing the world right now, is capitalist mindset. Oh, and for sure. It was. It's for a long time. America sold us that uh, sold us on the idea that that's the reason we're great, and I'm. It's becoming more apparent to more people. I think that it's the reason we're failing. Yeah, that is the one thing I think there is definitely as many of as we've said. Like, there's not this leftist bulwark to kind of keep people safe during this virus. It's definitely creating. Um, I w- I won't say radicalizing because this shit ain't radical yet. But yet. like people are definitely getting to that. Yeah, I mean it could be because the that's what it's creating. It's not creating radicals. It's creating primers. It's priming people to either make that step into class consciousness or in some other cases, you know, grab a fucking gun and march into the Michigan State House and demand that you fucking go back to work because you're unwilling to recognize class consciousness. This is, if not a radicalizing moment, I think a primer for people going towards a more, if not worker-focused, at least more human-focused kind of system, or doubling down and maybe becoming a little fascist. Well, as most of the country plans on attempting to open back up June 1st, I guess we will. I mean, a lot of it has already, but yeah, by June 1st, even all the major cities are planning to just go for it. We will see. Time will tell. But I don't know. I I do hope that we come together and uh, avoid a fascist uh, state. Yeah, definitely have to hope for it. I'm try- again trying not to be doomer. Really trying. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to not be black pilled right now. But um, yeah, we're doing our best. Any other thoughts, Kyle? No, I don't think so. I think that you know today I'm just a bit depressed. I looked at numbers, and numbers are scad. Yeah, very true. Numbers have the numbers are uh, to making it very clear just what a great job we're doing with all this. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think we covered just about every thought I have on COVID and a few other thoughts that weren't related to COVID along the way. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm Phil and I'm Kyle and we're the Unsociablists and we hope you enjoyed our pilot episode. It can be told in few enough words. We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talk, so I am told.